Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Everyone around the world, once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with them by Zoom Thursday, July 21st. The countless and growing number of scandals in boxing and other combat sports once more prove to all those who haven't already realized it that these sports cannot properly govern themselves and that whatever outside regulation exists is at best inadequate and at worst just as corrupt as these sports themselves. This problem, however, is not unique to the combat sports. Lack of good governance plague sport worldwide. Boxing and the combat sports are international sports, so any solution must be both international and part of an anti-corruption effort in sport in general. Narrow, localized solutions will fail, and myopic thinking must be replaced by approaching these issues from a global perspective. The theme of the Play the Game 2022 Conference of Sport Reformers held in Odense, Denmark, June 27 to the 30th, 2022, was, quote, is there a cure for sport, unquote. Many of the participants advocated the formation of a World Sports Anti-Corruption Agency. This idea has been around for many years, but now many people at this conference were coalescing around it and proposing that play the game may be the correct forum to develop this sports anti-corruption agency. We discussed this in light of the latest unending series of scandals involving boxing sanctioning bodies, the role of organized crime, and much more. Here is that discussion. Welcome back to the War Room, my beautiful people and fight fans from all around the world. I am your fight goddess, Chris Pogler. I'm here with my boxing family, Melissa Smith, women's boxing historian, and my boy, Eddie Goldman. He is the conscious of combat sports. And today, it's been a busy little week. It's been some crazy shit happening. But today, we're going to cover the heavyweights because Ruiz and Ortiz are fighting uh, come Labor Day weekend. But Teddy Atlas is making some noise because corruption in the boxing industry by itself, just the boxing community by itself, uh, we've got decades long uh, history about corruption, but it has come to, I think, what, would you guys agree? This is like a next level corruption where we're, we're talking about. Melissa, uh, you, you brought this uh, article to our attention from Sports Illustrated. Let's uh, kick it off with you. Tell us why. Teddy Atlas blew his top this weekend about corruption in boxing. 
Well, actually, it wasn't Sports Illustrated. It was the oh, local oh, Staten S-I-L-I. Island. Was yeah. Staten Island. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, uh, and that's because, you know, Teddy Atlas is actually from Staten Island. Staten Island line. So it's, you know, New York. So it's New York story. He's a New York guy. And, you know, as he put it, uh, and I'll quote him here. It's like, oh my goodness, really? There's corruption in boxing? What? It's, you know, it's part of the business the we're in. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the business I choose. It's a business that has been mutilated and morphed. And, and this comes out of a, a recent story where uh, public documents show that third-party lobbyists, quote unquote, were receiving payments for rankings related to the WBA, meaning that there were, you know, corrupt practices within WBA that was influencing how boxers are ranked. And, you know, that has an enormous implication for the monies that boxers receive, the types of fights that they have. Uh, It has all sorts of long, long long-standing tentacles into illegal sports betting, promotional deals and everything else and the so, fact but, that it's, but how, did, how does a fighter get ranked i mean is it based on points how did how does how does well, anyone each, know if it's corrupted each sanctioning body has their own manner of doing it okay. now, some sanctioning bodies have you know 20 30 40 people that are voting individually on how to rank a fighter in some uh, for instance in women's boxing i sit on the ring magazine sanctioning not a sanctioning body, but the rankings committee. And we have very spirited debates. Uh, And then basically it's by sort of by voice vote, you know, seeing how many are saying, hey, it should go in one direction or another, whether somebody's number one, number two, or number three. I mean, some of it is in the eye of the beholder. That's always the case with boxing. But if you have someone who is corrupt and getting payments for saying, no, 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 my, my guy is number one, that's corruption. And that has really huge effects on the sport yeah. downstream. And if you have an entire sanctioning body that is being called out for that kind of correction, we're really in trouble. Now, what, what Teddy Atlas has called for is something that we have discussed on this show many times, which is he has called for a national boxing commission with a commissioner, uh, something along the lines of a national commission that um, John McCain had proffered in the Senate all those years ago and wrote a beautiful bill about. But really, we're at a much larger point here because boxing, like many other sports, is international in scope. And corruption is international in scope. And really, we're looking at something that Eddie's going to, I'm going to like kick the ball to Eddie on this notion of really what is sports government all about and mm-hmm. having larger international sports governance with teeth that can cross borders, that can not only set policy and rules, but also has the teeth to be able to go after corruption by working with national government policing organizations, you know, like the FBI or the government, or just look at the organizations that have come together to go after the Kinahans. But having that kind of an arm to be able to set policy and and so on. So I'm going to kick it to you, Eddie, to talk about the play the game and, and what's being proposed for an international sports government. Yeah, thanks. You know, I'm reminded of an old line from, remember the old uh, great soap opera Dallas with 
Larry Hagman replayed uh, the the evil guy we all loved, uh, J.R. Ewing, where he said with a smile one time, ask the right questions and you get the right answers. <laughs> and this is the case with this in boxing. If you can start up a saying, we need a national boxing commission, that's the wrong question and the wrong answer because you're dealing with an international sport and you're also dealing with a, a U.S. government that would be very tenuous at best to try to regulate boxing. Who knows what different administrations would have would have had with the National Boxing Commission. And when they passed the Muhammad Ali Boxing Reform Act in 2000, they really didn't put it in much enforcement other than the Department of Commerce would look into things and nothing was ever done. And that was on purpose because the promoters vehemently oppose any type of outside regulation. This crazy patchwork of sanctioning bodies and state and provincial and tribal commissions in North America, regulating the sport and all this nonsense that, that against these international promoters is there for a purpose because it isn't real regulation, which leads to the obvious question and answer that you're dealing with an international sport that is part of world sport. And the answers are only going to be found by looking at this internationally and looking at boxing as part of world sport because this type of corruption we're talking about exists in, in most, if not all, other sports, both Olympic and professional, anything that's out there. And very often the, the American media in particular, is very myopic. I, I view them as sort of, you know, there was an interesting debate among the the uh, clods who follow MMA and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They actually had a real debate about, about whether the earth is flat. This is a real debate they had on the, the racist Joe Rogan's show. Well, we, we can, you know, laugh and shake our heads at that, rightly so. But in boxing, that's kind of the view, particularly of the American boxing media. Everything ends outside the borders of the, the lower 48, or maybe you can include Canada and Puerto Rico too. And if you go beyond that, you fall off the, the, the edge of the earth. The fact is, these questions have been discussed internationally for a number of years not just with uh, international boxing, corruption in international boxing has been discussed on the Olympic and professional level for many, many years, but in all sports. And what I found, particularly in American media and journalists, there are only a handful of people, including academics and people that say they're for sport reform who follow what's going on internationally. I'll just give one example. There's a conference that's been held for about 20-some years, Play the Game, that's an international conference that brings together people from all sorts of walks of life in sports, journalists, sports officials, some athletes, academics, all sorts of different people to discuss how to reform sport. And it's little known in the United States 
because of this myopic view. It's so little known that I was lobbying for them to do a satellite conference in the United States. They did one in a couple of years ago in Colorado, but I actually wanted them to do it in a major city, particularly New York, which would be great for us. And I contacted the, the person who was then head of the Columbia School of Journalism, who also taught the sports journalism class. And so he had some knowledge and you know, expertise in sports journalism. And I said, you know, I think it would be good if play the game would hold a conference at Columbia in New York. And he said, what's play the game? This is, you know, not just some somebody you just meet in a bar or something. The, the head of the Columbia Journalism School and who taught sports journalism. This is typical of this. Play the game has been discussing this for this issue for decades. And the idea of setting up a world anti-corruption agency in specific for at least 15 years at the Rand conference, and you could go to playthegame.org and there's like a ton of articles and videos. Jens Weinreich, the, the German journalist who's been dealing with corruption in the international movement for many years, documented how he raised this about 15 years ago. And I know I've discussed this with Jens Sire Anderson, who's the international director of Play the Game. But this has really started to come to a head. And it, there were some incredible proposals and discussions at the recent conference. And there's been a proposal for whatever you're going to call it, a world anti-corruption agency, an independent sports integrity body. You know, the name really isn't that important. It's basically setting up an international agency similar to WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, but to deal with corruption in general, in world sport. And one of the speakers at this conference, Viola von Kramen Tabadal, who's a German member of the European Parliament for the Green Party. And I should just point out, if you're familiar with the American Green Party, the, the Green Party in Germany and, and in most of Europe is very different from the American Green Party of Jill Stein and, and people like that. I won't go too far into the politics, but the Green Party is actually in the government in, uh, in coalition led by the SPD, the Social Democrats in Germany. And her, her statement was that in a couple of months, the Green Party in the European Parliament is going to actually put out a specific proposal to create this world anti-corruption agency that would deal with all different types of sports. And she said a number of things that would really apply to boxing, wrestling, MMA, any sport you can name, football, baseball, basketball. She said, we have a problem with integrity in international sports. And this has not just been known yesterday. It's becoming worse. And we need something to fix this market failure. What we have seen in the last few years is a market failure. This is because sport regulates itself. This is the point. Boxing and all these other sports cannot properly regulate themselves. 
and they and she said they're going to publish this uh, presentation very soon and there were a number of other people talked about this and they also talked about the rise of illegal betting and i think we're going to start to see with legal betting more and more scandals come out as you, as you watch as you watch these sports this is also discussed in another uh they had another session where you had a comment from akash maharaj of the canadian center for ethics ethics and sport called for a UN special rapporteur on sport. That's someone that reports on this to try to bring the United Nations in this. And he talked about how the Swiss government where a lot of these uh, international federations are based, the government is not interested in taking a hard line with these institutions for fear, it will drive them to other jurisdictions. And I think on a national level, you could say the same thing about the United States that you're not going to see the United States government seriously take up. They certainly have had a long time to deal with boxing. They haven't done it. And the reasons they haven't done it, is they don't care. And they're both the Democrats and the Republicans are influenced by supporters among the boxing promoters and have direct ties for them. And if you look at all the problems that exist in boxing, all the key examples of corruption. We've talked a lot about Daniel Kinahan of Ireland, who based his operation in Spain is now holed up in Dubai with his corruption and his, his tentacles existing in many places. Now you got the point with Tyson Fury, the WBC heavyweight champion, or virtually everybody views him as the number one heavyweight, is not allowed to travel to the United States because of his ties to Kinahan. The WBA, for the moment anyway, even though it was uh, the oldest sanctioning body in boxing, started in the United States, is now based in Panama. They say they're gonna move to Houston, Texas. Now that's interesting to pick Texas, where you're not gonna have particularly good regulation going on in that state of boxing. And the WBC, the largest sanctioning body, is based in Mexico. They're not going anywhere. WBO is based in Puerto Rico. IBF, which is the only one that really had some action take, taken against them a number of years ago, is based in the United States. And internationally, we've talked about Olympic boxing. The IBA, formerly IEBA. We've talked about Umar Kremlev of Russia. And the fact in the, the fixed election that they had. So where they, they kept out the head of the Dutch Boxing Federation. Now they say they're gonna have another election in a couple of months. We and but they're not gonna have an election or re-election so far anyway, for their board of directors, where they kept out several other leaders from uh various Olympic boxing federations from around the world who were running for their, their board of directors. This is all international and it can't be dealt with, not only can it not be dealt with nationally, but it's been shown it can't be dealt with just as a boxing only problem. The issue of FIFA, the corruption that was going on there was dealt with because the number one, 
the international media, the, the, the people who are not bought off by these sports organizations, the independent sports media exposed the corruption that was going on. But the U.S., in the U.S., the FBI went after them. Why? Because football, which the, the U.S. calls its own name soccer, is, is uh, not that big of a sport. And they can go after it. It's not. It's starting to grow, but it, when they went after it, it really wasn't. It wasn't that big. It wasn't one of the big four sports. You don't see the FBI going after NFL football, Major League Baseball, the NBA, National Hockey League, except in some minor examples. And one of the things also that they that was pointed out at Play the Game. This is not going to mainly target the athletes. This has been a problem in WADA with, with doping. Yeah, you catch individual athletes, but there was no framework to deal, for example, with the Russian state-sponsored doping program and state-sponsored doping programs in other countries because all they were empowered to do was to test and catch individual athletes. And the problem, particularly in Russia, isn't the individual athletes. It isn't the, the, the 15-year-old figure skater from Russia. It was a whole systematic doping that's been going on where the athletes are basically given a choice, assuming they even know what they're taking. You take this stuff or you don't compete. And, and that's the end of it. And, and it's right. a very difficult choice for them. So this has to be dealt with internationally and it has to be dealt with as part of other sports. And one of the debates at the conference was how do you involve law enforcement? Because you need, you need some, you need some way to deal with this. And some of the, the people there, particularly some of the, the journalists and athletes representatives from Canada pointed out, wait a minute, law enforcement has been part of the problem. In terms of particularly sexual abuse of athletes, law enforcement agencies have not only been uh, less than eager to deal with these types of important issues, but also have been participants. Law enforcement members have been participants in it. So how you structure it, there's a lot of work to be done to figure out exactly how to do this, but you're going to start to see some movement on it. Right. And if we want to deal with this crap, like phony ratings and boxing, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, we had the boxing writers rankings poll, which had an independent poll of boxing journalists to vote on. Yeah. And reasonable people can have, like Melissa said, can have differences on the rankings, but that's not how these sanctioning bodies work. And we had it. We had it for a few years, and then it just kind of faded away because it didn't get any support. Because even though that was an international group, it was mainly based in the United States, and it was mainly dealing in the boxing community. You got to go beyond this. And if you're interested in corruption in other combat sports, wrestling, MMA, any of these other sports that are out there, or sports in general, you really should look at some of these articles and the, and the sessions they're quite long but sit down and watch the videos and there's there was the proposal for independent sports integrity body right. to be revealed in september and play the game be the maybe the correct forum to develop 
a sports anti-corruption agency are two of them. And I think why don't they just, Eddie, why don't they just expand WADA? I mean, WADA's in everything. So why don't they just add an anti-corruption agency, fund them and give them the money to go after anybody and everybody. Who's they? I'm just saying, who funds WADA? The sports, uh, the IOC, various governments. Right. So then everybody that wants to participate in any type of professional sports would have to pay WADA, right? Pay into WADA to be a part of the body of WADA, anti-corruption. You agree that if you join this network of whatever you're fighting in or playing soccer in or football in, that you abide by these rules. You can't. You the, One of the points made was that you you have to keep this world anti-corruption agency separate from the sports organizations and that involves but that makes no sense why separate it why separate it because if it's it's destroying the sporting community and the professional it has to to be given has to be given jurisdiction over the sports organization. So it's the kind of thing where we'd have it as part of the UN or something like that, where, you know, if if it's going to be international and if it's a third part, it's in essence a third party in the same way that WADA is essentially a third party, I guess that's right. So some kind of third party organization, it has to be funded from somewhere. It has to have relationships at the highest level with different governments and governing bodies and it has to have acceptance in that way. So the question is, how how is it housed? How is it developed? And, and what are the teeth? And that's where, to me, the question of enforcement comes in. And, you know, we, we have the recent success so far of going after Kinahan and the tentacles of his organization and starting to really squeeze that corruption but whether that's possible across other sporting issues where the main actor may not end up being, you know, a major drug dealer um, doing billions of dollars of drug deals over decades may not give, make it as sexy for individual governments to put the resources they have into putting together that kind of a coalition to finally go after that kind of a criminal and put the the effort into making those uh, right, those, right. Putting that those agency, actions in place. You know? Yeah, that agency should be able to report to law agencies what and with when, uh, when what its right. findings are, whatever right. yeah. the jurisdiction is, right? Wherever they find the criminal activity, they can report right. to those law being enforcement a, Being able to make referrals or right. whatever exactly. else, exactly. I, I think it's a great start. Certainly, I, we're not going to solve it today, but uh-huh. it's a good start to start to tease out what these questions are and something I think we really will be continuing to look at over time. Right. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd also point out in terms of governments, Kinahan is still in Dubai. Supposedly, his assets have yeah. been frozen, but he has that not is- been deported from Dubai. Right. He's not been arrested. The net is closing around him and something might be coming soon, but he's still out there. Yeah. Right. And his dad and the whole family, you know, they've been catching a lot of other people. And yeah, Tyson Fury can't fly to the States or his brother, but 
Anyway, yeah. heavyweights. I don't know whether his brother's issue is related to Tyson. I'm not sure. There's like confusing information whether it's yeah. that or well, it doesn't matter. Else. He can't come. He can't come. He can't here, come, so he can't come here. Line. He's not and, fighting. And not only <laughs> right. he can't come, Matthew Macklin can come. <laughs> right. He was stopped. He was going to be an announcer for Sky Sports they, yeah. in an event in the U.S. He, they stopped him from coming. They stopped Ben Davidson, the, the, the boxing trainer who trains a number of fighters. And from what I read, they also stopped Coogan Cassius, who was the guy from the IFL TV, from coming. So right. the, the U.S. is still the big, uh, big money place for boxing. And Fury talked about how he loved Vegas and all of that and had a home there. It's not allowed there. And and you look at where things were. I do not have big tears. No, I don't right. have big the, tears here. The players are changing how the next major fight you're having coming up is the rematch of Alexander Usyk of Ukraine and Anthony Joshua of the UK is taking place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And they have the TV rights for that. They still haven't officially announced what the TV deal is. And it's going to be in a, in a relatively small venue. They just announced we thought it would be in the Jeddah Superdome, but it's going to be in the King Abdullah Sports City Sports Hall, which I read only seats about 10,000. So it's interesting economics going on from this fight that is obviously going to be very huge, probably now will be on Sky Sports box office pay-per-view in the UK on DAZN pay-per-view elsewhere, but a month in, in, they haven't even announced it. You have many different players coming and who's going to regulate this fight and the undercard fights of, of uh, Usyk and Joshua in Saudi Arabia, where you, it's a monarchy, so it's not like the government has any type of independent bodies, you know, where as bad as the athletic commissions are, say, in the United States, then they have some independence from the rest of the government. You don't have that in a monarchy. So you can have somebody who's part of the royal family regulating a fight that the royal family paid a lot of money for to bring over and the royal family has a TV rights. You know, this is the regulation that's that's going to go on for this for this fight so that's where we're at with that they might have some boxing commission i don't know it might be but as you discussed you know when when we talked about the fact that this fight was going there you know saudi arabia has also staked a claim on wanting to develop clean sports clean entertainment and to become um, a hub for that so it's in their interest to ensure that there is proper governance of this fight. And if they don't, then what they stand to lose is what they're claiming their long-term objective is, which is to develop, you know, uh, industries beyond oil of which entertainment is one of them and sports entertainment becomes part of that Mm -hmm. larger umbrella. So that's also something that's gonna be worth watching to see whether they put teeth behind that as an anti-corruption, stake a claim for anti-corruption right from the beginning of having these kinds of events in Jeddah as part of that new strategy to develop their their longer term economic health. So interesting to watch. 
Well, AJ is looking pretty good over there. I know that. Yeah. So you you went to something, right? Oh yeah, I went to the heavy yeah, weights. I attended the uh, Luis Ortiz and Andy Ruiz. I mean Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz. Luis uh, Ortiz. Pressers. That's yeah, September fourth, right? <laughs> September fourth, Labor Day weekend is going to happen oh, at wow. the Crypto Center downtown Los Angeles, and awesome. uh, you know, Abner Morris is also going to fight on that card. He's coming back after four years. I wanted to ask him why the hell oh. after four years are you coming back? I mean, money, why? money, money, money. I wanted to say <laughs> yeah. that, right, right, right. Yeah, but, no, uh, that's he, he looks that's great. Something. And Andy and, uh, looks like, uh, so yeah. you know, I've known Andy since he was like 19. I met him when he oh, was. Oh, wow, I didn't know when, that. Yeah, when he was turning that wild card, the fighter that I uh, was conditioning at the time used to spar with Andy. I eventually Andy? started. Oh, man. So, yeah, they used to spar together. And that's how I knew Andy had, had really fast hands. He's just really quick with those hands. But uh, he's trimmed down. He's, he's solid now. You know, it's like. He seems a lot more mature and calm. And I met his son and it's like, oh, wow. This, he's no longer that 19 year old boy, right? He's a, yeah. he's a grown man and he, he, he understands the gravity of, of this fight that he has with Luis because, uh, you know, King Kong, he said he's been training hard for King Kong. He's been wanting to, to match up with him for a minute. So uh, it's going to be a good fight, King Kong. I wanted to yell out, how old are you, King Kong? <laughs> <laughs> He'll officially tell you what forty three or something, but yeah, uh, yeah but wink, it was a wink, good, wink. it was a good uh, presser. It was calm. There was no drama, yeah. no pushing, and so yeah, we got some good excellent. Shots. So it's real, and and hopefully you know he's learned from his loss to yeah. Joshua. I yeah. mean, that aside from just the embarrassment of it all. It right. cost him a lot of money, you know. Yeah. But it's still so many questions with Andy Ruiz. Because he's on, he's every time he comes in, he has a different trainer. He left Manny Robles. He split with uh, Eddie Reynoso, even though right. he has nice words with him. He's not in that camp with uh, Canelo anymore. He's bringing in another trainer from Mexico, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's he's lost a lot of weight. But is he really disciplined? You know, he's had a he's had a long career of being undisciplined right. and so can have ring rust he hasn't fought since may of 2021 when he fought the faded chris Ariola, that which is his first fight back after losing the rematch to joshua so how sharp is he going to be but that, that's why i think they picked uh, luis king kong ortiz because he's you know who knows how old he really is i assume he he does but he did not look good in his last fight. He seems to be fading fast. When he fought uh, Charles, Charles Martin, Martin the yeah. heavyweight, Martin knocked him down twice at the beginning of the fight. Now, eventually, uh, King Kong caught up with them and stopped them a couple of rounds later. But to get knocked down by Charles Martin says, you know, you you're really you're really in trouble and you're really fading. So that's why I think they picked Ortiz. They figure he's you know he's right he's for the picking. Way, way past his expiration date, right. and they're putting this on pay per view on a Sunday night on Labor Day weekend. So right. Yeah, I'm curious whether they're going to get the sales right. Are they going to get the numbers? It's Fox. 
Fox. Yeah, it's going to be, be on, on Fox. Fox. They'll probably sell out the the uh, crypto center. They'll they'll sell out the center. The question is, what will their pay per view really look like? But the, you know, yeah, I'm not, not so much. sure about that part. I mean, I'm like, I don't know if I'd pay for it, but I'll see. Yeah. But I see no women on the card yet. Of course, because it's a PBC card. Of course, right. yeah. there's no women on the card. No women, women. need a. No women nah, need apply. No women need but, apply. But it's also, <laughs> you know, in the summer, and it's two weeks after the Usyk Usyk Joshua right. rematch, and about two weeks before uh, Canelo and Golovkin did their third fight too. So. A lot of people are going to be forking over a lot of money. And one week before Clarissa, one week before Clarissa Shields, which is on Sky Sports, Sky and ESPN in the, in the United States ESPN will be on ESPN streaming. But they're fighting in the UK, right? Yeah, they're they're selling out. I mean, they've done an amazing job uh, on the O2. They're, they've sold nice. out the whole ring and they've they're nice. they're on track to have a sellout, and uh, it's going to be an all female card. It'll be on Sky Sports. Wow, that's dope. And then ESPN Plus here streaming. It's going to be awesome. It's all female card. Great card. Right. Oh, we can talk about that next time. Next go round, we get we'll have a, do a whole segment on women's boxing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Anything else we want to cover before we wrap this up? All stay right. cool, people. Stay, stay cool. It's getting it hot, hot out there. And it's humid here, even in California. Okay. It's never humid, but it is. It's humid never humid still. in the summer where you are. It's it is like dry, it's, bone it's dry. Like, like, yeah, it, it, it's a little crazy over here. So, you guys stay cool, stay hydrated, yeah, please. Stay Drink cool, a lot of water, stay, stay hydrated. masked up. Yes, please. Even the president's got that's COVID. right. Even, even Biden has even Biden's COVID. got COVID. Uh, you know, I think we should do a political show. Don't you guys think we should do a little <laughs> politics? We should cover some politics. Cover that J6 here live so I can talk shit about Oh gosh. Oh yeah, we should definitely do a watch party on that. Live tweeting. Oh my <laughs> lord, I can't wait. Like I'm getting my popcorn. Okay. I got everything. Look, we ready gotta to hurry go. up. We got like an hour before it starts, yep. right? All right, people. So look, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Melissa, tell everybody where they can find you, baby. Well, they can get me. <laughs> well, people, Twitter at Girl Boxing Now, Instagram at Girl Boxing Now, um, girlboxing.org for my website. Buy That's my right. book. That's right. Amazon, a history of women's boxing. I, I, I'm hoping to get a second one going soon. I'll tell right. you more All later. On. Right and uh, that's it. Stay cool. Stay, stay masked. Cool. Stay that's safe. Right. Stay safe, people. <laughs> All right, Eddie, tell the people where they can find you, my brother. Yeah, on Twitter, at NHB News, where we discuss a lot of politics and sports and all sorts of things as well. My website's eddiegoldman.com. You could subscribe to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash eddiegoldman. I recently put up an article, I Hate the Summer, which sums up a lot, a lot of my views and talks a little bit about my own history and throws in some music there as well so you can right, check on. that all out and remember still wear your mask the That's COVID great. pandemic is still here and the numbers are still growing you don't want to get COVID that's right, people. Stay masked up. And listen, you guys can find me on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio because I am that Black angry woman right now. And on Instagram at Fight 
goddess fitness all right you guys take care until next time we'll see you peace love and push-ups